and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, festival day on which we remember when you sent your Spirit from heaven through your Son, Jesus. And I pray that you would anoint my words with that same Holy Spirit, anoint our ears and our hearts by the power of the same Holy Spirit, that we would know and love you more as we receive your word this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When the disciples saw flames of fire in front of them, they would have instantly recognized this as the very presence of God, not only by um, an intuition that had been formed by their experience with Jesus face to face, but from the scriptures, as we heard in Exodus. When God came on the mountain, he came with fire. And that's been burned, pun intended, in the mind of Jewish people, that when God shows up, there's fire. Think of it, the burning bush, um, the pillar of fire that led by night the Jewish people through the wilderness. When God shows up, he shows up with, in the image of fire. Fire is a picture of his holiness because God gave us natural fire to teach us something that is wonderful and fearsome. Right? We can warm ourselves, we can cook our food, and burn down our house if we're not careful. Fire is a picture. It, gives, it has qualities that point us towards the holiness of God. And it really struck me in thinking about Pentecost this year. Um, the difference between when the Holy Spirit manifested himself at the baptism of Jesus and Pentecost, right? Remember, we got the, I think there's a dove on this little thing here, isn't there? Yeah, kind of the classic symbol of the dove. But the Holy Spirit only looks like a dove when he lands on Jesus. He doesn't look like a dove at any other point. And I think this is meaningful because what else does fire do but it cleanses, it refines, and it melts. And there was nothing in Christ that needed cleansing or refining. He was already perfect in his Godhead and in his manhood. And so the Holy Spirit lands on him as the, like the dove on the Ark of Noah, like the dove of peace. He is already in full and perfect relationship with God the Father in the bond of the Holy Spirit. Um, but it's not the same for us. When we come before God, it's, I feel like it really um, struck my, the sort of eye of faith to me this year that they saw fire and then they saw the fire rest on them. Well, first they saw the fire divide, right? It seems to be that the, the word divide there is actually a, it's in the present tense. It's like that they watched the fire divide and then it rested on them. And what did that look like? That must have been pretty fearsome, right? Here's this, uh, this epiphany, this apparition of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then it rested on them. And the word is literally sat. It sat on them. And I sort of imagine it sort of like absorbing into them. And that, that as a communicative sign, like all of the signs that God does to say, this is what's happening in the unseen realm. The holiness of God is resting on you now. 
You are like Mount Sinai. You are the place where God dwells with man. So, under the Old Covenant, the one place where God dwelt with man was the tabernacle. Since Christ took on flesh, on flesh, Christ himself is the dwelling place where God meets man, in the person of Christ. But when Christ ascends into heaven, and the Holy Spirit is sent through his ascended body down to the world, now the meeting place of God with man is still and always Christ in heaven, but also the church. We are the meeting place between God and man. And the fire comes as a symbol of the cleansing that we are brought by the gospel, that the blood of Christ purifies us. And even thinking, you know, when it talks about in Ezekiel, that I will take out your hearts of stone and give you hearts of flesh. To think about that fire melting what is hard, the way even rock will melt if it gets hot enough, that the heart of stone is melted out of us by the power of the Spirit, and we're given a new heart. This was an extraordinary and unique baptism for the apostles. So we know it's a baptism because Jesus calls it a baptism. Um, Right before he ascends, Jesus says to the disciples, you heard from me, uh, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, indeed 10 days. So Jesus calls it a baptism. Um, And it also then teaches us what happens at baptism, even if we don't see it. Only the apostles got to see the divided tongues of fire. But what's so interesting is just moments later after this happens, after they're preaching in the different languages, and the people who they're preaching to, the Jews, are convicted, and they say, "Um, what shall we do? And this is recorded in Acts 3, um, verse 38. No, Acts 2, verse 38. The crowd says, um, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter says to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's only just received it. I kind of had that verse disconnected in my mind. He's only just received the Holy Spirit, I don't know, 20 minutes before? But he's proclaiming by the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit that through baptism... Every other sinner can receive the same Pentecostal gift of the Holy Spirit coming. We we don't see the fire, but coming like fire to cleanse and heal us as he sits on us, rests on us, indwells us. I also think um, when we look at this verse here in in Acts chapter 2, I think it's two different things that are being communicated when it says the Holy Spirit rested on them. So the image of fire goes away. They don't just keep seeing the fire, right? The Holy Spirit rested on them. And then it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It would have been very easy to frame the grammar like, and this filled them with the Holy Spirit. I think the filling of the Holy Spirit is a second thing that the resting, dwelling Holy Spirit then does fills us with that fire. And a fire is a good picture, right? We just tried 30 minutes ago to start a fire with the incense, and we had trouble with the coals. But every fire starts with some flame, and then the fire grows. And it's the same thing with our life and with the Holy Spirit. The flame is imparted in the moment of baptism, 
but then through our conversion, the conversion of our hearts, through continual repentance, through the ministry of word and sacrament, the fire grows. It actually builds up. Now, for the apostles, the, again, theirs was a special calling. It was like a fire that, or, that came also with gasoline. Right? Theirs, theirs was a filling of the Holy Spirit in an instant. Whoosh! And they're speaking other languages, and they convert 3,000 with a single sermon. It's never been done since, I don't think. Even Billy Graham, many, many of those people had already heard the gospel at some point and been primed in some way. So they're, they're, the fire is given, and then for them it's filled and comes to sort of, as it were, full flame right away. In the same way that their baptism was different than ours and that they got to see the fire, their filling of the Holy Spirit is often different than ours. Theirs was in an instant. For most of us, it's a slow building up of the fire over time. One of the key um, flammable moments is when the bishop confirms with the laying on of hands. Right? That's, a, that's a giving of fuel to the fire that's planted at baptism. The, fill, the prayer that the bishop prays is for the filling of the Spirit. And I think I've always thought about filling with a water metaphor, like filling a bucket. But the Holy Spirit doesn't give us a water metaphor, right? He gives us a fire metaphor, which makes more sense of filling, because the fire is already fully there, but yet it could also fill you up more in a way that water is more quantitative. So the, the apostles were filled, were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then once filled with the Holy Spirit, the more one is filled with the Holy Spirit, the more one becomes, as it were, an operative hand of God in the world. Because God wants to bring all people to the knowledge of himself. So when he fills these men and women because there were men and women in the upper room. He then he fills them up with different gifts. And we see this in 1 Corinthians, right? There's one spirit, but many gifts. And the gift he gives to the apostles, the 12, is to go out and start preaching in languages they've never learned. And the countries that are named represent languages far afield, right? A whole range of different languages. And so here they are miraculously preaching. And why are they doing this? Because God wants to draw all people to himself. So because they've been filled by the Spirit, they're building up the kingdom of God. They're building up His church. And even though theirs was a miraculous way of doing this, this language that was just given in an instant, again, it was a, a very special form for them, but in essence, still the same for us. Each of us is being filled with the Spirit. The fire in you is, God willing, growing bigger and bigger and hotter and hotter. And as it does we each become more um, profound hands of God to do what he wants to do in the world, which is build up his church. And that means build up his church with numbers, and that's the gift of evangelism and preaching like the apostles had, and the gift of invitation and hospitality. But it's also building up the church with encouragement and mutual service and love and all of the gifts of the Spirit that are listed in the New Testament. These aren't just like nice things we do like as if we were a part of Rotary and we're supposed to do nice things. This is God himself using you. The more, you are, the more the fire is aflame with you, the more you are available for his use to do the one thing he wants to do, which is build up his church, to extend his kingdom into a stronger kingdom, a larger kingdom, 
for the glory of his name and for the glory of his son. So the big takeaway that I hope that um, tonight, that this um, picture, this this word leaves you with is to sort of see with the eye of faith the fire that the Holy Spirit has placed within you. It's actually not a choice at this point. If you, you've been baptized, you're, you're on this path. And so now there's just accountability. Are you going to be pouring water on that fire? Or are you going to be asking, Lord, no, more, increase this fire. Let me be more of an operative hand for your kingdom, just like the apostles, with different gifts, often less miraculous gifts, but still just as significant for the kingdom if you yield to him. Amen.